0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
2: And I'm Alex Robinson.
0: This is episode 137. All right, guys, welcome back. It's kind of a a rough start to the year, huh? It's just bad timing
2: and work keeping people busy. Yeah, it's been uh, extra busy this this year. Usually, you know, we're we're a little bit slower business-wise this time of year, but uh, definitely the opposite. So it's not slowing down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's good to be busy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Apple's been busy as well. And, uh, you know, they had an announcement this week that they were going to push back on features and start to focus more on quality. Uh, for this next release for iOS 12.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much they can actually do of that, because I'm sure there's they still want to ship their Project Marzipan rumored thing where they run iOS apps on macOS. So do you guys think we're actually uh, going to get a quality iOS 12 release, or is this... Not gonna amount to much, uh, you know.
0: I bet it, it'll be more like, "Hey, we doubled down on our commitment to quality, and we we fixed all these issues, and
2: we gave you all these new features." I think to some degree they're probably running out of ideas for new features. So it's you know not a bad time to slow down, but I think there was an announcement today or recently with Apple partnering with some cybersecurity companies to hopefully prevent some of the the bigger issues that they've had recently and others so you know maybe that's part of it as well is finding partners to find those those issues ahead of time so that
0: yeah i mean they've th- Traditionally, they've always just dogfooded their stuff, and then the open beta process that they go through, the, I think that flushes out a lot of bugs.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the big one that, for me, was kind of surprising was the issue with the uh, root login. Was it the root login on Sierra?
1: There is a couple related to that, but yeah, they've had lots of macOS issues... I feel like
0: field that didn't validate the password.
1: Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of stuff. I feel like with this revision, it feels like they have this cycle that they can't keep up with. Really, I don't know if they're spreading themselves too thin or if they're trying to be too aggressive with their yearly shape cycle, trying to you know make sure everything lines up with their hardware releases or whatnot, but. I don't know. I don't know what the fix is. I'm not sure if just pushing pushing some features back is gonna fix the issue or not. I mean, this is they made this pronouncement before back with Snow Leopard, didn't they? They're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome, and people look back in retrospect and like, oh yeah, that was the best Mac OS release ever.
2: So- but. <laughs> So to some degree, it's just to make the analysts happy. Is that what you're saying?
1: I wonder, because, well, one thing that did make it more have more quality back then was just the fact that they didn't have iOS, and macOS releases would be, like, two or three years before releases. So I think when Snow Leopard actually came out, there is some annoying bugs, but in their one they they fixed things up, and it was a pretty stable release from there on out is that when um, they
2: sunsetted was it the carbon apps the Ro- or the- rosetta stuff probably rosetta yeah
1: it's it's possible i don't remember exactly
0: that might have been the last release to have it or something like that yeah, yeah it could be
1: i that sounds kind of familiar but
0: yeah, but yeah i don't <laughs> i mean these days they've got Way more platforms than than they used to have. Even if you counted when they first released the iPhone, you know they had two platforms, and now they've got the watch, the, the TV, the HomePod,
2: and the features of each of those has continued to grow significantly. And, and
1: they still have their car project. From what we can tell, it's all <laughs> software based, so that doesn't that doesn't help give them more software resources. And they've got this AR thing it has been cooking for a while. So, seems um, like there's lots of people doing lots of stuff.
2: Well, as long as we keep getting more Animojis, I, I think we'll be happy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm sad to admit that when the 11.3 beta came out a bit ago, I installed it right away, rushed blindly into the the dragon emoji and the what else do we get?
0: Oh, You're such a sucker. There's a, there's a new
1: bear emoji. There's a skeleton. I was like, this is so cool, and I ran it for about a week, and half of my not half of my apps, but a lot of my apps were like crashing on launch. So I was like, oh, that was a bad idea, <laughs> and I reverted, but. It seems like there's there's some cool stuff in 11.3. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm really kind of surprised that they haven't divorced animojis from messages. Like I, I kind of would like to see that be more of a separate app or even opened up to third parties. But, you know, maybe that's a iOS 12 feature.
1: Yeah, that seems like it'd be hard to do in a
2: in a point release.
1: Yeah. Although we are getting some pretty big enhancements to AR Kit, which I I have to admit I'm kind of surprised. You get vertical surfaces now, and they've improved the the quality and the autofocus uh, of like the backing images that you have. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they could. There's certainly people who are out there making open source apps where you can mess with a private Animoji framework. So it definitely could, you know, get put into other apps or be its own app.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a demand there, like having to do a fake message just to record your Animoji karaoke, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which continue like even Apple has embraced.
1: Oh the the legit people who do animoji karaoke are using these apps. They're not they're not just recording in messages anymore. All right. <laughs> Come on, Alex. <laughs>
0: We're podcasters, not animoji
1: yeah.
0: artists. But yeah,
2: for for now, like soon, you know, well, we'll have the video podcast with uh, animoji characters. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I need to do a new new an karaoke video, but uh, so I'm curious what you guys think about this, this new ARKit stuff. Do you think we're gonna see a new rush of ARKit apps when 11.3 comes out? Well, or I, is I, this just kind of like, oh, we were trying to get it into iOS 11 and it didn't, but here it is now. I
2: think it definitely improves the, uh, the utility of it, uh, because it, in the current production AR kit, you can pretty much only, uh, use a flat horizontal surface. Uh, but in, in this update, you can use vertical surfaces and I think non-planar surfaces as well. Uh, so it becomes a lot more, uh, Usable, and you can get a little bit more creative about how you use it. But, um, you know, I still think AR is not going to be, like, superly heavily adopted until we have classes to go with it. You know, we were talking with a client the other day about ARKit and just the fact that when you're holding your phone up to do AR, you know, you've got that fatigue of holding the phone, so you can't expect a, a user to do anything that's going to be uh, a long-running task. So it has to be something that's relatively quick and and simple to do. Like playing a game with ARKit on a phone would get tiring, short of uh, having a stand or something to, to put it on.
1: I was gonna say you haven't tried the farm to table mode in, in Eggs (laughs) Inc. I do, (laughs) I have
2: tried it. That's like the
1: easiest. It's the easiest way to get drones though. There's actual utility to to that mode. So I find myself if I if I play Eggs Inc. and I'm trying to get like I have some achievement or something where I need to like get a bunch of drones, I'll sit there and play it for ten minutes. Uh, in in the AR mode, just because yeah. I have more field of view, I can like tap on the drones as they're flying from really far away.
2: Yeah. Um. I I think the big thing is to be able to have something to hold the phone. You know, holding it up in the air for ten minutes seems yeah seems pretty tiring. <laughs> yeah, and, I, guess uh, and I, I agree I know, with you. <laughs> I know that seems pretty uh, lame to be whining about holding your phone for ten minutes. No, but...
0: it's true. It's true can just reuse that selfie stick your mom got you for Christmas
2: yeah yeah that's I, yeah I, <laughs> I I'm kind of surprised there aren't AR and maybe there are there probably are AR stands out there there for will the be phone. after this podcast <laughs> releases and yeah, there's a Kickstarter or two out there
1: I'm gonna 3d print one up right before the podcast goes live and get the Kickstarter going <laughs> yeah. I'll link to it from the no- show notes no it's not gonna happen <laughs>
2: So what's this uh, story about iOS emoji rejections?
1: So this is something that I guess has start, started to trickle in. I first noticed it. Um, there's a, a guy who works at Instagram on Twitter uh, named Brian. He They make an open source project called IG List Kit. Um, so I followed him for that, but... Uh, I guess I also make an open source, or he makes an open source uh, GitHub client. And he added um, emoji reactions to, like, pull requests and stuff like that. And got rejected based on the screenshot showing that. So I guess what the rejections are saying now is you basically... Your apps can't use emojis uh, in their press at all, and if you are going to have emojis, they're only allowed to be in, like, text input fields where a user types them from the keyboard. You can't use them for, like, user interface elements. Like, if you just need a quick and dirty, like, little icon next to some cell on a table, you can't just throw an emoji icon in there. It seems really like a really odd string of rejections. Yeah, Um,
2: yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, you know, with things like Slack or whatever, you see messages in cells with emojis. So, you know, maybe it's not in the screenshots, but
1: that's the specific rule that people are getting called out for is you, you cannot, um, misappropriate Apple's copyright on, uh, their trademarks, their like images, uh, product devices and then emoji is one of the things in that list and i think it's probably been there since you know whatever the last big revision of these changes were but it seems like they've really started to enforce that emoji bit of and i remember you know back in the day didn't we get emojis by apps that were just like hey we found this way to like enable the japanese keyboard uh encode and so once you do that, you can send emojis too to everyone, and that's kind of how it all happened. And and now we're kind of in this weird place where uh, you can't even submit an app that that uses emojis anywhere. So yeah, I'm kind oh. of baffled.
0: Are they actually using the emojis as part of their like user interface?
1: Well, that's one of the yeah. examples yeah. that will. Yeah. So like if you have like a like the reaction UI, I guess that Slack kind of popularized. And you use Apple emojis there then you get rejected hmm. um, if you if you have if you have them anywhere like if you have a heart button and you use the heart emoji as opposed to having your own custom imagery there you get rejected
0: So I can see it on a button because I mean these things technically they're they're Apple copyrighted. Emojis themselves—that's all. But
1: it's a—it's a standard like, it's like saying you can use Unicode and you can use this range of Unicode for buttons, but you can't use this other subset of Unicode. That's like
0: a a font is (laughs) copyrighted.
2: You can't just steal a font. Yeah, but if Apple's providing, I mean, it's rendering on Apple's hardware, so Apple's
1: providing
0: you that.
2: Well, they provide you the fonts too.
1: So like this to me, this is kind of like if Apple. Yeah, this is to me. It's like if Apple said, "All right, if you use San Francisco in your screenshots, they're going to be rejected because San Francisco font is copyrighted by Apple." It's essentially the same thing to me.
0: Well, uh, well, I would say if you used San Francisco in a graphic, like a like a. Say a, a meme generator, then that would probably be outside of the realm of the actual licensing guides that Apple provides for for you to use San Francisco. But this is like
1: even I mean they're they're going more broad than that. It's not output from the app that uses the emojis. This is like if you have like a button that has it, or if you have like a cell, and it's like you know there's three different actions that you can do, and there happen to be like three emojis that match up with those three actions so you just put the emojis in there as like text on a button you're getting rejected
0: yeah i feel like it's a there's a fine line between actual like emoji as text versus emoji as
2: a A, graphic a, a picture a glyph yeah or icon i imagine it has a lot to do with like intended use And being consistent, less about licensing, but, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see it play out. Yeah. I'm I'm sure, you know, if it continues, Cosmos will hear more about it. Personally, I, I probably wouldn't use any emojis and buttons or cells like that, but I'm sure... Sure, there's practical use cases for it, and it sounds like the, the GitHub client might have been one of those.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, to me, the the big issue, and this is kind of the issue with all of these rejections that gradually start happening, and then people find out about them, and then they, like, really enforce them, is that it's the the inconsistency and the ambiguity of the rules that that suddenly they just say oh hey we should start enforcing this thing and then all these other apps that are in the store violate the rules but some of them get approved some of them don't and if you're like a giant company i've seen people show like hey look this app just got approved and it has emoji and all of its screenshots all over the place so but it's some fortune 500 company so it's it's cool
2: a lot of it's that human factor too it's you know to some degree it's the reviewer that you get sometimes you get somebody who's new that's overly uh, eager to to cross the T's and dot the I's and yeah enforce the rule to the letter and then you get or you get somebody who's a little bit more relaxed and maybe doesn't even look at your app.
1: Yeah, if there is a clear, prominent rule about emoji use from the beginning, I don't think you know this would be an issue, but. Yeah, I think it's just that history repeats itself when when people start enforcing these odd rules, I guess.
0: Well, there are probably out there public domain versions of these emojis that wouldn't have Apple copyright attached to them. Yeah, I'm sure there and are,
2: yeah. There yeah, wouldn't I mean, be that's any
0: reason for Apple to reject that.
1: No, there's not. Um it, it it's just weird it's that it started happening, how it did, and suddenly it's an issue when it was not an issue before. I guess that's that's the troubling part to me. Like if you're making your business on the App Store, these are the kinds of things that you hate. It's like, oh, suddenly something that's completely out of your control, makes you do a bunch of stuff or for for seemingly no reason. Like, like I said, this was fine. For the past however many years since we've gotten emoji, all of these use cases were. But now you can't put emoji in screenshots. I mean, yeah. even I if guess, it's. <laughs> I mean,
0: they're in some ways they're becoming more and more um, representative of Apple. So Apple yeah. doesn't want you to use their logo in your apps. So why would they want you to use their emojis in mm. places where you they don't want you to?
2: And, you know, maybe they got royalties from the Emoji Movie. <laughs> and I'm <and> like, <laughs> hey, we should start charging for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You guys don't seem disturbed
2: by this at all. I I think, you know, there's a lot, of, <laughs> uh, a lot of rules that seem at odds and don't make a lot of sense to me. This one, it's hard for me to get worked up about because it's emojis <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even, they're not even animated. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, it's it, fair it enough. Feel, feels like <laughs> Apple is now deciding to enforce some of their IP when they, yeah, they didn't do it before, but somebody probably stepped over the line and, you know, guidelines are made because somebody did something that they really sh- went too far doing.
1: Yeah, that's probably where it all started, is someone went crazy. but So, like, can you not create emoji keyboards anymore?
2: Well, that would be an acceptable use case, I suppose.
1: Although, actually, now that I think of it, when the custom keyboards came out, there were emoji keyboards that came out, and they were better than Apple's. So Apple Sherlocked sure them, and... And then they made a rule that you weren't allowed to do emoji keyboards, I think. So, yeah, that, I, feel like... I do remember all that process <laughs> happening. Yeah, I think David <laughs>
2: Smith ran into some issues yep. with uh, his keyboard. <laughs> but I don't remember yeah. the specifics of that. But, so... Well... You know, I get... static emojis are, are you know, old school. We've got the animojis now. And... Uh... <laughs> Good luck using those in your app.
1: Yeah, just I guess it's good that we know now. At least, like I know yeah. that I won't ever throw some emojis in a dialogue box to be quirky or something like that.
2: Just not in a screenshot. That's that's the yeah. main thing. So, well,
1: definitely not in a screenshot. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, on the hardware front, uh, I, I think a lot of analysts are predicting that we're going to see some new hardware early this year, uh, and one piece of hardware that has already started shipping is the HomePod. And I know a lot of people are probably on the fence about whether or not they they get one of those, especially when you've got Alexa and Google Home at a far uh, lower price point.
1: Yeah, to be clear, HomePod has started shipping, but I don't think anyone has gotten it as as of when we were recording. Does that sound correct? Maybe, like, some reviewers?
2: Yeah, yeah I think people have been charged for it, so that usually means it's shipped. It's
1: imminent. So yeah. all the information that we talk about will be old news by the time you hear this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, HomePods are a thing. Yeah. You guys ordered yeah. your HomePods?
2: Nope. I... <laughs> so we now have a an echo in our house and two google home minis
0: what
2: uh which is kind of weird uh but for some reason i got a hundred dollar credit for the google store and that was one of the few things i could (laughs) apply that to. you actually wanted (laughs) so i have no idea why i got the store credit like i feel like maybe that's Google's uh, strategy to get Google products into more houses. Um, So, yeah, I got two of the minis. Uh, You know, so far they're pretty nice, but we mostly use them as uh, overly sophisticated intercom systems. (laughs) I haven't really figured out what else to do with them. The one thing about the HomePod uh, that... I am intrigued about is just the audio quality and the fact that it works with Apple music and as far as I know, none of the others currently do
1: I think that's correct and it works with the Apple stuff like if you have the Apple uh cloud library or whatever they changed the to this year that all works with it um, but that's about it
2: yeah i you know I think the Google assistant and Alexa are probably a little bit Better or maybe a lot better voice recognition, but you know, maybe the HomePod uh, will end up working a lot better with Siri.
0: I would hope that the the microphone system in the HomePod makes uh, Siri comparable to the Alexa or the Google Home.
1: See, I don't think the HomePod his goal is to compete with the uh, like an Echo or especially like those mini like Echo Dots or Google Home Minis, that's not yeah. and it's it's not even, it's it's not supposed to be a voice assistant in a can this is supposed to be like a a just a music playing device, like that's that's it's main purpose, although you can't plug anything into it there's this really weird (laughs) wall garden around it Um, but I mean, they named it in the same, like in their music line of things you got your AirPods, this is That's for when you're out on the go. You got your HomePod. When you're at home, you listen to the awesome music on your giant, cool Apple speaker.
2: So it's a high-end speaker, relatively high-end speaker with a voice interface, as opposed to a voice assistant, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's closer to like a Sonos, where they added Alexa on as kind of a nice-to-have on one of the Sonoses that came out recently, as opposed to like a... This is a home assist or an assistant, a virtual assistant type thing that also plays music. I think it's the music is the key part for yeah. this thing.
2: Yeah, and I think Apple recently hit somewhere around fifty million subscribers for Apple Music, uh, and I think they're set to overtake Spotify in the U.S. So there may very well be a market for the HomePod
1: yeah it's it's not me that's for sure but maybe there isn't a market out there somewhere
2: <laughs> if i didn't already have a couple of sonos speakers i would probably consider the home pod or maybe i'll get one and put it in the same room with alexa and google home and <laughs> let them talk to each other
1: you can yeah you can do that that's always fun there's a the good old uh there's a South Park episode that we probably shouldn't link to in the show notes about all the home assistants talking to each other, but you can Google it if you're really interested. Um.
0: <laughs> I know there's there's a trick you can pull if you like, add a calendar appointment on one of them and with one name and then have a calendar appointment with another text. Yeah, They'll you get them in start, a loop. <laughs> yeah, talking back to and forth to each other.
1: Oh, yeah, on, the, on that episode, they, they got them into a loop and they... They have them say things that make fourth graders laugh. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um,
2: right. So we had one more topic for tonight. Um, and, and i do not sure what it's about. The getting featured numbers.
1: So this is a blog post by uh, Curtis Herbert. Uh, he developed Slopes, um, uh, a ski tracking app. And he's, he's been really open about all of his kind of App Store uh, journey and, and numbers from the App Store based on various things. And he shared some numbers from when his app was in one of those little listicle articles in the new iOS 11 App Store, and also when it was the app of the day. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting to uh, to look at, um, I noticed so when he when he was in the kind of listicle article, it was like, "Hey, it's time to ski." He was like, "I think he was the first app in the list of ski apps," and it was like, "Check out all these cool apps for when you go skiing now that it's winter." And he got like a probably like two thousand additional downloads that day, and it kind of tapered off afterwards. So depending on what kind. And his is a free app, I believe, that's monetized with some in-app purchases. So, my my apps are free and monetized by in-app purchases. So, 2,000 downloads in a day, I guess to me, is not super impressive as like a benefit of being featured in one of these listicle-type articles. Um, but when he was app of the day, he got, I think, like 20,000 downloads a day. And that's hard to hard to do on your own. So if you can somehow get featured as the app of the day or you're making an app, make sure you like submit some stuff to, to Apple's like promotion department that they throw out email addresses and stuff to all the time. Cause that can be really useful to an app. And it was just kind of interesting to, to see those numbers to me.
0: I guess you, you do have to have a business model though. If, if you get 20,000 downloads and they're all costing you money and you're not able to monetize that, that's going to really hurt you. Yeah.
1: This is true. I would I would think if you were going to the effort of making an app, you'd have a business model, hopefully. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you, you can't just hope and pray that a whole lot of downloads is going to get me across the finish line or something.
1: So have you heard of uh, HQ? <laughs> I think that's kind of what they do they don't have any business model they just have some investors and peter thiel among them so yay or not Ooh. yay <laughs> we'll leave that up to the listener to decide um but yeah they just are trying to get a bunch of users and who knows what their what their plan is but people still build apps that way if they get funding from somewhere
2: yeah the vc funding uh model is more about the eyeballs so you can get acquired and not so much about actual revenue.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, in general, I mean, make sure you, if you're going to launch an app that you can support a bunch of people if they rush to your app or, or if you get a big feature that you can take advantage of it for sure.
0: Right. I mean, if you, let's say you, you start up your own little ride sharing app and for the first download you give everybody a $10 credit and you, know, if you get 20,000 downloads that's a hefty check you're going to write at the end of the month and if, if those people never return to use your ride sharing app that's not going to be good for you
1: this is generally a problem that I would like to have though <laughs> <laughs> it's like give me give me those downloads and I'll 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 figure out how to deal with it well, it's like it's like back in the day when you would get like slash dotted or fireballed or something like that, where you have this little rinky dink website and some big source links to you, and then your website goes down. But it's like, all right, I'll I'll take having that issue as opposed to uh, kind of just being off there in oblivion, because that's very easy to do in the app store these days, as you ship an app and no one ever sees it.
0: Yeah. Although if, if in that case you were one of these people that paid by the gigabyte, that could definitely uh, hurt your bank account.
1: Luckily, Apple doesn't like typically feature apps, and and like as a surprise to developers. Well, I guess it's it's a surprise to them when it happens, but they don't do it without like requesting promotional material. So yeah, if you're not yeah. set up to handle that, then you would say, no thanks, Apple. Uh, I'll just wait a bit <laughs> or or what have you. So
0: Yeah. And as long as you're not going into it naively thinking this is going to be great, you know, all roses no matter what, then, uh, yeah, it'd be fine. I mean, but- if, you, if you crash your back end because you get 20,000 downloads, that's not going to leave your existing users in a happy place.
1: So it sounds like you you don't think you should get your app featured. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you definitely just need to be ready. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate because you know a lot of times we think we want to code our, code up our app infrastructure like we're like we're Google or Facebook when most of the time we'll never see anywhere near those numbers. And so it's okay to. To have you know a smaller server footprint, but on the there is always that off chance that you're going to experience some growing pains. Those are good pains, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. It's a, it's a tricky
1: thing to balance. Yeah, although like the app you built, you you built in a smart way. You can architect your app so that you don't need to use a lot of resources. But if you had to, you could scale it up. I mean, you used
0: yeah Firebase. a bunch of.
1: Yeah, use Firebase and parts of it that are scalable if you need to, or or just auto- automatically are because hey, they're Google. But I mean, it's not a yeah. it's not a task that's impossible. Right. It's gotta be smart. <laughs> yeah.
0: But also, at some point, if my app went wildly successful, I would have to be making enough in ad revenue to to uh, pay for the upgraded Firebase tier that I would be having to move up to. So as they don't really talk too much about prices, but uh, I assume that I would be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As long as you got some business model, whether it's advertising or VC funding or whatever, I'd imagine you could get that figured out. Yeah. Well, I guess that's all the time we have this week. Why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet?
2: You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. And I'm at Sam Quarter.
1: I'm at Alex Argo, and you can find the podcast at Shared Inst. Uh, but if you really want to talk to us, just uh, hit up chat.sharedinstance.com and get a Slack invite and come uh, talk about all your emojis and your app projections and all that good stuff. We'll uh, talk to you guys soon.